Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. Good morning. Great to be with you, Dr. Paul. Very good. It's good to be back in the studio. Uh, we had a very good time at the conference up in Virginia. We had that wonderful turnout, and I, I was very pleased that uh, when I asked how many people in the audience uh, watched the program, and they said, and there were a lot of people watching the program, and you know, and I mentioned uh, in the introduction up there that uh, you know it's fascinating. It looked like government action and breaking of contracts would be really harmful to us, but sort of if. I don't think that was their goal. I think they were just inept in taking that uh, building and that hotel from us. But it turned out, uh, you know, it, it worked to our advantage. We were able to send out another message, and I think we had another 50 or 75 a, a number of people that could be added. But uh, I, I think that. Uh, uh, Everybody there seemed to have a good time, and we were certainly glad, Chris, for the fact that you were there. Yes, Dr. Paul, we had a great time, and I want to give a kudos to Daniel McAdams and Adam Dick for putting together our biggest conference yet. Uh, it was a smashing success. I, you could feel the energy in the room, and there's a, a lot to be uh, optimistic about if that was just a sample of the larger population. Very good. You know, I want to start off today talking about uh, our least favorite doctor in the whole country, the doctor that has more to say about the practice of medicine and what to do and not to do uh, dealing with coronavirus. And he's never treated the patients, what I've read. And that, and that of course, is this guy called Fauci. And uh, he, he's the one, I'll bet a few of you remember, he has had a few confrontations with a certain senator in, the, in Washington, and that senator, of course, is related to me. But they've had some very, very sharp words. And uh, the big question was is whether Fauci uh, authorized or was involved in transferring funds uh, to some uh, research groups that actually got involved, uh, and, and they sort of tried to hide the funding, hide some of the funding that actually went over to that Chinese uh, uh, research group, and that's what the, the two of them were fighting over, who was telling the truth about it. But uh, somebody uh, filed a report, uh, the Freedom of Information Act, uh, which is a, a very good program. That's one that has been helpful to a lot of people. So they end up with a huge report, and it just came out, and I just saw the first announcement today. So uh, although we had a couple other items that we will mention, uh, obviously, for us, this was this was big news because uh, the Freedom of Information Act uh, said that uh, Fauci should have known all that's going on, and uh, somebody's not being straightforward with this. And uh, there's been charges made back and forth, and he's made some pretty strong charges against Rand. And uh, this this to me is very significant, and sorting this all out. Uh, is a major thing, but the, the report is huge. I obviously haven't read the whole thing, but but it. it uh, some people say this. This is, really is a vindication uh, for uh, what Rand has been saying. That that uh, uh, not that. Uh, Fauci was a, a conspirator in the sense, but that he was in charge of the outfit that actually saw money going to, you know, these uh, research groups. And therefore, uh, morally, if nothing else, there's some relationship there. So that'll continue, I'm sure, to go on to find out how, how he participated. But, you know, I'm not too surprised about this. I think, I think this is, 
it, it, this turned out to be a big deal because of the issue and the, and the virus and all. But I don't think this is uh, the process. Uh, it's natural in a bureaucracy that spends money like crazy and passes it out. Money is always fungible. You know, I think about the uh, Hyde Amendment that's been around for a lot of years in Washington. And the Hyde Amendment is one where we give away a lot of money to family planning around the world, but we don't want them to use it for uh, abortion. So the Hyde Amendment says you can't spend any of this money, you know, on, on abortion, which is a joke, you know. And you give it to the same organization, the family planning groups, and money is fungible. But all money is fungible. The military money is fungible. And sometimes, you know, the money we spend and send, uh, send it all overseas, it backfires on it. Just think of all the weaponry that was left in Afghanistan after 20 years of fighting. And instead of saying, yes, we made, a, we made a mess of this and we're beaten and we're getting out of here and we're going to learn our lesson and we're not going to go back. No, you never learn this lesson. But we should expose it. And I think that's what they're in the middle of now. I think this report is helping to expose how it operates. But, you know, trying to practice medicine with bureaucrats and the federal government from the very beginning of this uh, uh, virus, uh, uh, so-called epidemic, has happened. I said, this is just further proof that the government should not be practicing medicine. It, not at all. They shouldn't do it indirectly or directly. This was very direct. And then it becomes a political tool and they get into this wokeism and stuff and lockdowns. And uh, then you wonder why in the world are they doing these things? Well, uh, there are a lot of answers to that. Some of those uh, possible answers I dealt with in my speech the other day. But it's, it's uh, so difficult to try to figure out exactly why they're doing these kind of things. But one thing is that you can depend on it. If you send money to government, uh, the money is very rarely going to accomplish some uh, humanitarian benefit no matter how they couch, couch it, what words they use, whatever the intention, intentions are, the unintended consequences seem to come along. And uh, this may at a time, you know, be one of those times unintended consequences, but I still have a lot of questions uh, of, of it uh, because the whole purpose of uh, why, why do they want to even do this type of, of, of research uh, and uh, I, I think it's, uh, you, you know, something that we have to learn a lesson. That's what I've been saying about Afghanistan. Those lives were lost in vain. The most you can hope, from, hope for is people waking up and saying, this is so much evidence that it's staring us in the face that we ought to give up the policy of interventionism in the military and running the world. But we ought to do that in medicine. Interventionism in medicine it doesn't work. I mean, you, can, you can't have you can't have a committee practicing medicine where I was taught and still strongly believe that good medicine is done with two individuals being very close together and talking to each other, and that's the doctor and the patient and working out all the problems, but not not for the uh, bureaucrats to get involved and money involved and drug companies to be involved. That it's not going to work. 
And so this is what I hope will come out of this report that was just released to show that uh, all this mischief and all this money uh, means that uh, we don't need Dr. Fauci uh, to practice medicine. Matter of fact, the Dr. Fauci's of the world makes it very difficult to practice good medicine. Chris? You're here, Dr. Paul. <laughs> Uh, yes, this this is huge evidence that comes out, and it's a very big positive for uh, Senator Paul. But at this point, you know, you go up to most people and and tell them, you know, Fauci lied and was under oath. I mean, who's who's going to be shocked at this point? We've done a couple years worth of Fauci said this and then he said this and then he contradicted himself here. It's constant, uh, you know, lying is is basically what you would call it. But the results of all of this, and not just Fauci, you know, he may be the guy that everybody sees, but everyone else that participated in lockdowns and the anguish and fear and death that they caused from government policies, and now the unprecedented pressure to steer everyone into a big pharma needle that, uh, you know, does not prevent you from getting COVID or from spreading it. But you have to keep getting these things in order to participate in society. I mean, it's real insanity, but there is a big lesson to be learned from this. And those who have followed Dr. Paul throughout his career were surely attracted that he was the one to stand up against the, the, the massive pressure for decade after decade, all the votes, 400 to one, 400 to one. This was the guy that stood for the constitution. Well, we're seeing that also in the COVID with Senator Rand Paul, he would go out there and be the one with all the slings and arrows being fired at him. We saw Thomas, uh, Congressman Thomas Massey do the same thing. We saw Governor Ron DeSantis do the same thing. So look at who ends up you know, prevailing in the end by being the one. And you know, most of us are like that in our own small circles. You're the one that's standing for the truth. Take lesson from this, stand fast, it'll be worth it in the end. Very good. Now, I want to just briefly mention uh, exactly what they say the money was for, uh, because that's one issue. Uh, the other is who lied or did anybody lie or what, what went on. But uh, the process that they were funding is, is, uh, is working on the uh, technicalities of gain of function. And the function they're gaining is making the, uh, in this instance, it was to make the coronavirus, which is a COVID virus, uh, more transmittable uh, to humans, from animals to, to humans or from the lab to humans. And, uh, you know, there's all these other things on, uh, on funding and, uh, and how it was processed and whether they should have been doing it. But just if you look at that by itself, uh, I have, uh, maybe, maybe I just don't understand these viruses well enough, but I don't think there's any reason to do this. What, what, is, the, uh, what is the scientific benefit of uh, trying to figure out how to make uh, uh, viruses uh, transmittable to human beings? Uh, they'll probably say, well, uh, this is sort of like uh, giving them a vaccine or something. Oh, okay, then we better be alert. So th this, is, uh, this is one thing that uh, I, I hope I, that they try to give an answer because I think they're going to come up short. Why would they hide it so much and not tell you, oh, yes, we've been working on this. Why didn't they straight out put it on the uh, budget when these are votes occur? Of course, anything like this is never listed. It's always 
buried. And, the, and these budget bills, they might be a thousand pages long. So even if you tried to read it and sort it out, and then also the money is given away to these agencies of government that they have leeway on how to fund it. Oh, just do research. And uh, very rarely does anybody follow up. In this case, uh, this mess we have, very dangerous, and maybe has made this uh, problem much worse, this whole thing with COVID. But uh, it, it should be turned around and said, you know, we don't need this type of funding, and we need a, a lot better surveillance of how this money is spent. Uh, maybe we can uh, calm down this epidemic of the growth of big government. Well, uh, I want to go on to the next issue, uh, uh, Chris. Uh, there was a, an issue today that I thought was interesting because he said uh, uh, the, uh, there was a U.K. minister uh, has uh, gotten involved in this question about uh, giving uh, vaccines uh, to children. And he was arguing with a judge. And uh, it turned out that uh, a teenager... Uh, uh, wanted he, it was claimed that he wanted it in sort of maybe collusion with the teacher or whatever but the parents didn't want it so they took it to the judge and the judge says well we're trained in this we're trained in trying to figure out how what is the best for the children they one part of the village so he goes and has an interview with it and he said well whenever we can we always side with the children so they made it so that he could have the COVID, uh, uh, the COVID injection, and uh, therefore the parents were overridden. Now that's an incident, but that principle is around, is sort of embedded. I think about it that in medicine when I started, if I had to go to the emergency room to sew up a child, I would never put a stitch, not even a single stitch in a child without the mother's permission. Sometimes we'd wait, sometimes they'd come in, sometimes we would take a permission over the phone, but we just couldn't, uh, we just couldn't do that. But in recent years, after the 60s came along, you know, children, children can face up with social problems too, and, and there can be uh, young girls that get pregnant, and uh, we have to help them out. Well, I believe that's the case, and, and there's ways of doing this. But it isn't by destroying the concept of family, because they made it so that if a child, a 16-year-old, pregnant and gets an abortion and the mother is denied you know it doesn't give permission and it's hidden from the mother this is you know really attacking the one thing and that is the family and right now we're in a big problem uh with this uh wokeism where one of the purposes of uh, uh marxism is to get rid of the family which has been around for a long time the more authoritarian and the more uh powerful the leaders are the more tyrannical they are the more they want to destroy the family because uh truth and uh, love may come out of that where uh the, the tyrants don't want that so this is this is where where we are and this is an example of uh of the way they weasel in there and they're doing it but this isn't the beginning this is probably a sign that it's going to get a lot worse chris Yes, Dr. Paul, and uh, you know, there is an iron law in politics that authoritarians always overplay their hand. And when we saw this headline that a UK vaccines minister says that 12 to 15 year olds can override their parents, I mean, we may be getting to the point where they're overplaying their hand. And this is, you know, typical authoritarianism. You could go back to Plato and it's a part of socialism, communism, fascism, this war on the family. 
Now, why? Why is there a war on the family? Number one, because family is a sign of independence. And authoritarians want you to be dependent, everyone to be dependent on them. You're not supposed to depend on uh, you know, family. Uh, also, family is a competing loyalty. You know, people will die for their families. Authoritarians don't want competing loyalties, whether that loyalty is to God, to your family, to your community, to your culture. You know, that's why you see all this war on all of these things to try to wipe them all out. They do not want to hear that you don't want a shot for religious reasons. Forget your loyalty to religion. Your, your loyalty is to, to be to the authoritarian or that you don't want it because of your culture. And they don't now care that you don't want to take this shot because your parents said no. No, you are 12 to 15 years old. You can make the decision to put Pfizer into your veins. So this is overplaying their hand. It is a sign of desperation, and it may be a good signal that they're running out of bullets. Very good. And we have a, a, a good story, and it's not just one day. It's going, been going on about eight days now of what, how the French people are taking care of this. And it's easy sometimes to say the French don't care. They're, they're uh, not involved in anything very serious. But guess what? The signs are saying in their, their rallies now that are popping up, uh, dealing with freedom. They want freedom. They, they don't want to uh, submit. I will not submit on their signs. This, this is very good. And uh, they, 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 weekly they come out with, with the rallies, and the uh, audiences have been between 100 and, uh, 140,000 to, uh, to uh, 200,000. People are coming out. And this is, you know, very, very good. Uh, so they uh, are saying that what we want is to be left, left alone. Uh, but this to me it means that they are awakening, but they're awakening the fact that this wokeism is exactly the opposite of awakening to where people say, you know, something's wrong going on here and we have to do something. We have to stand up to it and we have to get out there. And it's peaceful civil disobedience. And, uh, you know, that is the thing that, uh, that, the, that the governments can't stand. They say if anybody is, uh, any individual who's willing to tell the truth and stand up to government is the most dangerous man to their empires. You know, just hearing the truth. And that's, that, of course, is our goal with this program is trying to look at things the best we can and find out what the truth is, realizing that nobody has a monopoly over the truth. But you can have a monopolistic attitude about seeking the truth. And that's what should be done. But what happens when the opposition, when the wokeism people, what their dedication is, is to hiding the truth you know, destroy the family, man, all these things going on, that that is what they're dedicated to and they want centralized power because they don't, they don't even believe that truth is possible. They think, pos they think it's, that uh, it's, it's impossible to know the truth because they become very nihilistic and that uh, they think anybody that is pr promoting the truth or, uh, you know, <laughs> they're the enemy of the state. So, but this is, this is where I, what I see happening here. When you see these demonstrations, I think first, people have been too lackadaisical about it. They just, yeah, yeah, that's a nuisance and this sort of thing, and they won't do anything. But maybe, and Chris just mentioned a little back ago, maybe, maybe they've gone too far. 
and these numbers are turning out and that's very good because you want leaders you want people to present ideas and uh, they have to understand economic issues and political issues and, and civil liberty issues, but ultimately it's the support of the people that supports the government. Most tyrannical governments are at one time or another, especially when they're starting, are supported by the will of the people because they've been promised so much, but then they suffer through it and finally it fails. And I think of it, the biggest one ever probably in the history of the world, which is during my lifetime, and that was the, the, uh, uh, the Soviet system of, uh, of communism, which finally failed because the ideas were wrong. Just dissipated and the people resisted and the people said no shoot me but I'm going to I'm going to go up there and participate in tearing the wall down and uh, I, I think that uh, this is what we're seeing and this is what should be uh, encouraged I saw a few reports that this is starting to happen in Canada they really need encouragement and also in Australia and it's that's just another sad story of uh, of an island uh, that uh, we've thought of a lot of times that they were independent and freedom loving but uh, now there's a reaction this reaction uh, is healthy and it should always be peaceful and uh, and promoting civil liberties and that is when the majority of people wake up and then that will have to be reflected on our government I would say the stages are here now because we do hear a lot of the pessimism and believe me I understand that better than anybody about how how bad things are but I also see that ideas are powerful and the ideas are alive and well and they're growing so there's reason to be more optimistic than some people would like to make us think Chris excellent dr. Paul I'll make my closing statement um, the most important force that we have as individuals is it's not a physical thing. It's actually, like Dr. Paul said, an idea. And, you know, the biggest weapon we have is a word, and that word is no. You know, authoritarians are surrounded by people all day long, all the time, by yes, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, yes to this, yes to that. And then the public tells them no, they hate that. You know, and they'll keep pushing you until they reach your point of no, whatever it is. And it's a trap to believe that, okay, I'll just do this and then they'll leave me alone. I'll wear the mask, I'll get the shot and they'll leave me alone. No, they will not leave you alone. Authoritarians do not leave you alone and you have to know why. It's because in their minds, in their belief system, they believe that they must tell you how to live. Otherwise the whole world is going to end if they don't tell you what to do. Now, the lesson is that freedom is not granted by other people, by you saying yes to their tyranny. It's, it'll never happen. You'll never get to, to freedom by saying yes to tyranny. Freedom is personally owned, earned, excuse me, in, in your being, in your soul by saying no to tyranny. And we're seeing that all over the world, people have reached their point where it's no, no matter what, the answer is no, and that is a good thing. Very good. I'm going to <clears throat> close with a little story uh, that was sent to me, a little item uh, from a doctor friend from Louisiana. And he was telling me about his dad and his dad's partner in general practice of medicine. And in this last year or so, they've treated up to almost 1,500 uh, COVID patients. But they never sent anybody to the hospital. And they treated them really with the, uh, uh, the antibodies, Regeneron. 
and, uh, and they treated my outpatient. And their statement is, nobody went to the hospital and nobody died. And you know what? I believe them. I don't think they would lie, lie to me. Uh, and uh, there are circumstances where uh, the bureaucracy gets, gets all mixed up, where people get admitted and they shouldn't be admitted because uh, right now it's very difficult uh, to give uh, uh, some of the medications, ivermectin and Regeneron, in the hospital, and you have to do it as an outpayment. But that has to do with some FDA regulation. But uh, I think that's fantastic, but you don't read about that in the paper. And I, I think the other example of uh, attention getting uh, was Joe Rogan. Uh, I sort of pay attention to him, even though I've, uh, I've met him one time, because uh, one time on Jay Leno's show, he arrived with one of my Ron Paul for president shirts. So I know him, but I don't know him well. But anyway, he was hit hard the other day because the media tore into him because he got over COVID. And here, I assume that quite possibly there were some people from the other side of this argument were hoping that he wouldn't get over it. Well, he got over it in three days, and he was taking ivermectin or whatever. Uh, he doesn't believe in the vaccine, it seems. So I don't know the, the total details. But this is, uh, uh, so they, they, they just mocked him to, to uh, saying, oh, yes, he's the guy that's taking horse medicine and made fun of him. And guess what? It turned out there was a little bit of science left, and somebody went and checked it. I've Mectin and hydroxychloroquine has been on the market for a long time. Doctors can legally prescribe it and uh, it, for other things. But drugs can legally be used for other things than what they're named for. So it's all legal, but uh, he, 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 uh, the people came to his defense and explained, you know, uh, yes, uh, it, there's a lot of medications. You can take penicillin. I'm sure you can give penicillin to animals. But that doesn't make it an animal antibiotic. So it, all the information came out, and it just ridiculed the media who said that, uh, that this was horse medicine. He's just taking anything. He's crazy, that attitude. But, but anyway, he got over it, and uh, I think there was also a victory for the fact that uh, uh, he was doing something that uh, actually avoided uh, the necessity of going in the hospital. But people will be in denial. It is there have been lectured to. They hear it every day. That if you do that, you're risking the lives, and now you won't give the vaccines to the children. They get better 99.99% without it. But yet now they're getting ready to uh, give vaccines to kids. And now they say, well, the vaccines aren't quite as good as we thought. So we have to, uh, we have to give a booster. So we gave a booster. And now they're saying, well, it looks like in six months you're going to need another one. The truth is this type of virus is like a cold virus. And uh, can you imagine every year that everybody's going to take uh, a vaccine and treatment uh, that would be very complicated uh, for a cold virus? So, and then, then the treatment becomes worse than the disease. And that's what the problem has been. So I'm, I'm glad my friend Joe Rogan got well better and that we were able to make a good statement out of, uh, out of this little episode. I do want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.